Welcome to Get the Feck Out, a podcast for wannabe expats. If you want to move to another country, we want to help you. I'm Tara Calliman, an American living in Ireland with my family, enjoying the crack. I'm Caroline Donahue, an American getting ready to move from Los Angeles to Berlin with too many pets. Join us for episodes with practical tips and advice born from our experience getting the feck out. Here's the show. Hello, hello, and we're very excited today. We have a new kind of episode we're going to share with you because Tara and I thought about it and we realized that some people maybe want to move to other places than Dublin and Berlin. So we thought we would tap our network and do some episodes that would be conversations with people who have moved to other places and share their experience. And we decided to go all the way back to the beginning because when Tara said she was going to move to Ireland and her family said, why? She said, I learned it from you. That's exactly what I said. It was just that dramatic. It, yeah. I, I in my great, head great it dramatic is. recreation. Yes. <laughs> I feel that there were violins involved and all kinds of things. Yes, yes. So what Caroline is saying is that we are introducing a new segment called Expat Chats, in which we just we do exactly that. We talk to people who have made moves to different parts of the world because, you know, Western Europe may not be your bag and that's fine. Um, But there are some very interesting stories um, and challenges and uh, adventures that are available in other parts of the world. So we are kicking off our first Expat Chat with a talk to my parents, Tom and Joanne Anderson, the original expats. Um, Basically, I just sat them down when they were visiting um, us in Ireland last summer, and I interviewed them. I asked them a lot of questions about uh, their move. You know, let's remember this was 1980 that they moved to Saudi Arabia. So I just wanted to dig in and ask them questions about logistically how they made that happen. How did they talk to their friends and family about the move? Um, What was the experience like of making new friends and that transition? And then having three kids all under the age of four to do it with also. So it was, it was a fantastic conversation. I will say that I recorded it in my living room. So if there are some like weird audio issues, just keep in mind that we're all sitting around one little zoom. So (laughs) yeah, one little, one little microphone. It's a little tricky, but we figured the content was valuable enough that you would forgive us this one and that you would want to hear, um, about Tara's expat roots. Exactly. So let's take a trip back in time and talk to Tom and Joanne about their big move to Ras Tanara, Saudi Arabia. So exciting. Welcome to Expat Chats with the original expats, my mom and my dad, Tom and Joanne. Thanks for agreeing to do this. No problem. We always had fun. Okay, so I'm just going to jump in with the questions. Uh, The year is 1980. So what made you two want to move to Saudi Arabia? Well, I think it was job opportunity that started us thinking. And then our mothers said, don't take the kids with you. That kind of went by the wayside, and, uh, and we did it. I just remember Tom coming home one night and saying, you think you traveled all you were going to travel? Because we had three little children. And I said, yes. And he said, well, I just got a job offer to go to Saudi Arabia. 
that was a big bombshell. <laughs> but it started from there, and it worked out. Okay, so once you decided that you were going to accept the job, the next step is breaking the news to your friends and family. And how did they take the news that you were going to be moving to Saudi Arabia? My mother probably thought the same as I thought when you told me you were moving to Ireland. <laughs> um, I, they were happy for us that we had this opportunity, but they were a little skeptical about us taking three children age four, two, and one that far away. Yeah. yeah. So that leads into my next question, which is how in the heck did you guys manage a move like that in 1980 with three children under the age of four? And 16 suitcases. <laughs> and a sewing machine. Oh, my God. Uh, we made it somehow. Do you know what? I, I've often thought about that, and I think we were living so much in the moment. You know, we had to. We had to be, you know, responsible for three little children, baggage, airplane tickets, you know, destinations, and we really didn't think too much beyond what we were doing yeah. right at the moment. So did the job come with some amenities? Like you knew that you were going to have a place to live and that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. We knew where the job was, where we were going to live before we left Houston. We knew that. Um... And it was... An American company, American Arabian company. So we knew that we'd have all the benefits, you know, from working for an American company. And we knew there'd be expats there that we could socialize with. And um, it sounded like an adventure. And I always loved to travel and Tom too. So. And pretty much everything was provided. I mean, yes, everything we had was. a store and a. Everything. So we had temporary it, housing in a in a trailer park on a sand pile, <laughs> but everything was provided. You know, linens and dishes and food and you know to begin with. And so it wasn't really us going in and just you know having to pitch get it, it all together. We didn't pitch a tent. No. Yeah. yeah. Um. So what? I can imagine that there were many hard things about living in an Islamic country where you don't speak the language, but what, in your mind, was the hardest thing about living there? We were so restricted. And I, I felt it a lot because I'm a woman. And we couldn't, we, we couldn't drive out in the Arab community. Our husbands had to drive. We couldn't go anywhere without our husbands. We had to wear habayas. Um, and it, it was better in our little community. You know, we were in a, what do they call it, an American <laughs> camp. And uh, we were freer then. Women could drive. But our camp was very, you know, secluded. I was uh, sequestered. We couldn't get out and do anything on the Arab economy by ourselves. That was very, very isolating. And I had to learn a lot of Arabic for my job to work and it was a challenge to start with. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, what did you guys like best about living there? I love the community. I, you know, when there's a bunch of expats in the middle of Saudi Arabia that are American, we get together and stay together and become friendly. And that, 
actually becomes our family because our family is 8,000 miles or how many? Eight hours away by airplane. <laughs> and um, it was really hard to be so separated from family. And so the family there became family for us. And we had a very, you know, religions were, were not permitted in Arabia. So we had kind of an undercover church and a, we were Catholic and uh, we had a priest that was a missionary. He was a Capuchin and he was called, he wasn't permitted uh, to be called a priest, but he was a special teacher. And we had mass, but it, w it was every Sunday. And after people gathered in a theater or a gym hall, um, the door was locked so nobody else could come in. We couldn't evangelize by writing out songs or doing church bulletins. So we had to, it all had to happen by mouth. And um, that was really interesting. But we really forged a really friendly uh, community. And, and we're still in touch with a lot of those people after all this time. Yeah, mm -hmm. they're still friends. Yeah. What about you, Dad? What did you like best? I liked some of the amenities that were just, we had a beach very close, and we did that a lot. And there was a public library that all the kids loved. There was a pork the, store. And I remember the community pool. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. It's yeah. lessons. Everybody swam. And the biggest, one of the biggest, I think, advantages was that every what was it? Every year we had to leave, all the expats had to leave the country for 30 days. For 30 days. And so that meant that the company paid for us to, to go from our point of origin to Dahran. And our port of origin was Casper, Wyoming. So it found out it was cheaper to fly around the world than to fly point to point. So every what every, every six year. months because of the school timing we would head out for a month and we traveled all over the world so that was really an advantage that was that was nice. yeah. the travel part of it if you had to do it all over again would you make the same choice at this age that no. i know uh, no but then yes i would encourage anybody to take on an adventure it was so nice and I, I think we all found that um, your world really broadens when you travel. You meet all different kinds of people, and you're, you're so much more accepting and thoughtful. And I just think that it was a fantastic ex experience, and I would advise anybody that has that opportunity to do it. Definitely. Little kids in tow. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a big influence on me and the choices that I've made. So I appreciate that you guys made that choice. Yeah. Okay, last question. What is your favorite memory from that time? I think being very tight-knit in the family, very close. Yeah. We spent a lot of time together. We and did really grow as a family when we were over yeah. there. But I, the memory I really cherish, because it was just so different, was that one session of going out we went to egypt and then we went to disney world <laughs> yeah. and it was two contrasting 
worlds, you know, not only time-wise, but culture-wise. And that is, I really do remember that. That was really an experience. And, and the travel. You kids were such oh, good travelers. Yes. I mean, you'd hit that airplane seat and go to sleep. And that helped us make the long trips seem not quite so long. And then, and the, uh, <laughs> you were so sophisticated in travel. You knew exactly where, you know, how to sit down, what you needed to have in your, you know, accessible to you. You knew how to put on your seatbelts. And you didn't know a thing about American television. You didn't know what a commercial was. I remember going to church at home, and Katie, I had Katie with me, and Katie kept looking at this person. And I, she'd never seen an old person. And so, I mean, there were kind of some drawbacks to it. <laughs> uh, and when you, when you came home, you really had to get used to the flavor, you know, the whole wild, fast living that uh, we started doing when we came home. But it was very relaxing when you we were You cable there. television. That's what you <laughs> mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, our company had one football game on, American football game on every week. And that was a big event for us. We all sat down and watched it. And there were some children's uh, shows. Sesame Street came on, and there were no commercials, but there were prayer prayer breaks. Yeah, prayer time. (laughs) Prayer times. (laughs) And shopping. We had to be careful going to town, the Arabic towns, because it would be prayer time, and you'd have to leave the stores, stand outside, so... It was a learning experience. I think we all learned a lot. Yeah. Well, that was fantastic. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you answering some questions. And uh, mom and dad. Mom, there it is. There you go. Mom and dad. All right. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you for listening to GTFO Pod. For show notes, links, and other fun things, head to gtfopod.com. You can stay in touch with us on social media with the hashtag GTFOPod. See you next time.